This is a Holy Baptist Church podcast, bringing you into a community in which everyone is welcome, lives are changing, and Jesus is King. Thanks for listening with us today. We would invite you to subscribe so you can keep up to date with us. But for now, we pray you enjoy listening for what God has in store for you in this episode, and that it helps change your life for the better in Jesus' name. Enjoy. Good morning and welcome to this morning. I'm Jen. And I'm Sue. And um, you're welcome if you're watching live with us now or you're watching on demand later in the future, maybe. Um, You're very welcome, however you watch this with us. Um, So we have got a continuation of a new series called 90. And the reason it's called 90 is because we're following the um, prediction of Jesus, the life of Jesus, who Jesus was from um, which takes us from when he was born when we celebrate his birth at Christmas to when we celebrate his resurrection in Easter so that that is usually a 90 day period I think this year it's like 91 or is it something yes we've got a leap year Uh, just to throw us off so um, Andy is going to be continuing this with us this morning and his talk is going to be called baby steps so um, be interesting I don't know what that's about but I, I think sometimes it can feel, can it feel, that life is quite chaotic. Yes. We're pulled in lots of different directions. We don't know who to listen to, what to stay, and the next step, whether it be a baby step or a large step and a large decision, can feel quite daunting, and we don't know where, which way to go and where, where the right advice is. So I think um, it's really important sometimes for us to take that time to slow down, try and slow the pace so that we can listen and and that can be to your inner voice what you feel like is your inner voice to friends and community that you trust and know um just about what is that next step and for us as christians we believe that we hear from god about those next steps and those those little steps that we can take so and i feel like sometimes i am only able to take those steps (laughs) yes i I think when so much stuff coming in actually yeah you can literally you can literally only Think about the next step. You can't, and, and, and sometimes thinking about where that next step can take you, or the vision that is far in, yeah. in the future, can actually be overwhelming and daunting, and, and quite anxiety-inducing. Yeah. So I think um, it will be really interesting to see what Andy has to say about us um, this, about that this morning. So um, let's have a little recap with what this sermon series is all about. In just three years, Jesus changed the world. He transformed the way we think about religion and created a space where everyone was welcome. In the first 90 days of 2024, we are going to look at those three years following jesus through his most significant events conversations and encounters so as we journey towards easter let's create space to not only learn about the historical jesus but also meet the risen Jesus.
Well, good morning, everyone. Good to see you all here. Is it good to be up here? I'm not sure. I'll find out in a little while. But uh, it's, um, it is good to be here, really. Just a nice little bit to introduce. And this is the third in our series on the 90 days of looking at the life of Jesus and his ministry. Now, last week, we missed one in one sense because uh, we were at the joint service at St. Bart's. But Martin did do one, part two, which is online. And during the week, I wasn't going to bother to look at it, confession, <laughs> confession. But I'm really, really glad I did bother. And if you haven't bothered to look at it or watch it yet, I would encourage you to do so. It is a very good one, if I may say so. Um, on YouTube, Holy Baptist Church, it's a very really good talk, talking really about the temptation of Jesus, but it does a bit more than that, quite a bit more than that, and it was a really, really good talk. So now we're going on to the one which is entitled Baby Steps, and this is really where Jesus is starting his ministry, and it's the start of his active ministry as he started going through. And I want to look at a very simple story in Luke's Gospel, which then takes up on three points that I think all of us can take away with us in our ongoing lives as we seek to follow Jesus. It's a story that's in Luke's gospel. Now, Luke was one of those who wrote one of the four accounts. Was it? Okay, back again. <clears throat> Luke wrote one of the four accounts, one of the four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But as far as I can tell, and uh, I, I'm happy to be corrected if I'm wrong, but I think that he was the only one of the four who never actually saw Jesus. He was also the only one who was not a Jew. The others were all Jews. Jesus was a Jew. God's promises were that Jesus would come, and it was through the Jewish tradition and through the Jewish uh, nation that he would come. And the early church started with the Jews, and they had to wrestle with this thing about Jews and Gentiles. And so they did. But Luke was a Jew, and he went off to try and, can I do anything to stop that? Let's just put it around. Yeah. Okay. Um, and Luke sets out very clearly in his gospel at the very beginning that he wanted to do an orderly account of Jesus. And he says he had investigated very carefully, which means that he would have been talking to different people who had seen Jesus or those who had a first account or had a first generation hand down account. He also looked at lots of writings, and he sought to put it into an orderly way. But there was another reason that he states that he wrote his book, because he wanted people to know that the claims of Jesus and all that he did were factual and true. And we need to remember that as we read through the life of Jesus. That in, that's what Luke set out to do. He also, incidentally, went on to write another book, The Acts of the Apostles, that tells the story of the early church after Jesus went into heaven, but he was heavily involved in a lot of that, and you'll find him mentioned there as well. So Luke chapter 5, we're going to read just this short story, verses 27 to 34. After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were there eating with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to his disciples. 
Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered them, It is not the healthy who need the doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. The first point that I want to make from that short story is that we all need to listen. Now, if you ask my wife's opinion, she'll be very gracious, but I, I will own up properly. I'm not a good listener. I've been caught out not listening numerous times from her. And, you know, I'm sure plenty of you have as well. I'm in discussion, we're talking, but I'm getting distracted with other things. And there's a pause. And I suddenly realized that I need to reply because I've been asked a question. I can't say, do you mind saying that again? Because that's a bit of losing face. So I've got a guess at an answer. So I'll say yes. Wrong answer. I should have said no. But I think a lot of you have also experienced the same sort of thing. But we need to learn to listen to Jesus. It's so easy to be distracted by the busyness of our lives. It's so easy to be distracted by some other alternative viewpoint. It's also easy to just take life as it comes and just react as we go along. But just like I need to pay attention properly when I'm talking to people, and I know I can get distracted easily, we need to take time to listen when we're talking to Jesus. What does he really want you to do? Are you going to allow your own preferences and your own self-interest to dominate, or are you going to listen properly? If you get a prompting, are you going to put that in the to-do later file and just not get round to do? Jesus said to Levi, follow me. And Levi got up and followed him. Now, the way that this is written, it suggests that Levi is sitting there at his tax booth with all his piles of money or whatever they did or however they, they showed it. Jesus walks by, says, follow me. And Levi just gets up, and just carries on walking with him, and leaves everything behind. May have happened like that. It may not have done. It's not recorded, and it doesn't really matter. The fact is, Levi was listening. But what did Levi leave behind? His whole way of life. He was a tax collector. He was employed by the Roman Empire to collect taxes from the people in his area and hand that money over to the Roman authorities. It wasn't like today where we have to go online and it's all personal. But as a Jew, he was regarded as a traitor because he was collaborating with the enemy, the Romans. And he effectively was doing their dirty work for them. But on the other side of the coin, it was an attractive job to have because he would have had a regular income coming in to pay it. And as I understand it, part of the agreement was you had an agreement to say, I will collect X amount of tax to hand over to you. So if I can collect more than that, I can keep that all for myself. Tax collectors were not honest people because the temptation was there to get more and more, just hand over what they needed to and keep the rest for themselves. And so they tended to be comfortably off, not very honest, not well liked, and as a Jew in a Jewish community, totally ostracized. In fact, I actually read that in one area where there was tax collectors who died, uh, they actually erected a statue in his honor because he was an honest one. 
That is how they were regarded. So this is what Levi was leaving behind. He was dropping his comfortable living, his guaranteed income, and he followed Jesus because he was listening. Did he know exactly, we'll come to that later, exactly what he was going to follow? We'll come to that a bit later. But listening is very important. And a couple of chapters later on in Luke, you'll find that there's this story of Jesus who goes up on a mountain and he's changed or transfigured. And two other people from the Old Testament prophecies are there walking with him, Moses and Elijah. But this is what God says. This is my son whom I have chosen. Listen to him. And it's very important that we listen and don't get overzealous with it. Peter got so overzealous that the night before Jesus was crucified, he said to Jesus, I'll die for you. And Jesus said, no, you're even going to deny that you know me, and I'll never do that. What did he do? He went out and he denied Jesus, and he paid a heavy price on that from his own way. So listening, we need to listen. The second thing is that we need to believe, because it's all very well hearing about Jesus. It's all very well hearing about anything else that you might want to. But if you don't believe it, the chances are you will dismiss it and you'll move on or you'll have a laugh about it and talk to someone else or whatever else like that. Levi clearly believed in Jesus. But what did he believe? He didn't have everything that we have to talk about how you can believe in him. Before this encounter that we have of Levi, Jesus has been starting his ministry, and you can read about that in the couple of chapters beforehand, the, you know, chapter 4 and the first few bits of chapter 5 and ongoing, that Jesus had been going on his way, he was healing people, he was driving out evil spirits from people, and he was teaching in a new way that people could understand and really were quite amazed. And he was amazing the crowds with it. People were following him everywhere. He had difficulty getting away from them, and he was starting to get a bit of a reputation. But he was also at this stage slowly selecting his special close followers. And the 12 disciples of Jesus are listed in the next chapter, in chapter 6. Now let us consider the claims of Jesus that are there, but Levi may not have been aware of all of this. Through him, you can have all your sins forgiven, past, present and future, and you can be assured of eternity in heaven with him. Jesus also claims that wherever you are and whatever you are doing, he will always be there with you and he will never abandon you. But what did Levi see? We're not told, we don't know for sure, but here was a man that was gaining a reputation. There were Indications early on, he sat there, went into the synagogue in his hometown where he quoted a scripture from the book of Isaiah, which is written a few hundred years late, earlier, that told very clearly that this was what the Messiah would be. And he sat down and said, that's me. And just before the calling of Levi, we have the story where Jesus looks at a man who's lame and tells him his sins are forgiven. And the teachers of the law who were there say, mm, I don't think you can do that. Only God can forgive sins. Yeah. Just so that you know that I can do that. I can also tell him, get up and walk. 
and he did. So Jesus had been telling people that he was the Messiah. And he was very popular with the general public because of what he was doing. But the authorities were growing in hatred to him, and very early on, they were starting to make moves to find a way that they could get rid of him. Jesus didn't fit into the social norms of the day. And so many of the so-called scholars and great people who studied the scriptures and the Old Testament and knew so much refused to believe what he was saying. Their problem was they were not prepared to believe because it was so radical and different to what they had grown up with. Now, how much of this Levi knew beforehand, we don't know, but he knew enough to not only follow Jesus, but also introduce him to all his friends and acquaintances by throwing a great party in his honor. And Levi's friends and acquaintances, because of his job, would have been all those outcast people. That's why it says in there, why is he eating with all these sinners? Because those would have been Levi's associates. That's who he would have known. But the other thing is that we understand from this that Levi didn't have all the answers. But you don't need to have all the answers before you believe in Jesus. And you don't have to have all the answers as you continue to live your life with Jesus. And the third point, and possibly the hardest one, is that we need to obey. Now, I've joined in on this um, essential Bible reading plan that uh, has been promoted to us that started on the 1st of um, January. And I'm finding it excellent. And for those of you who haven't started it, can I just say, download the Bible app, go onto the plans and find it. You can do two a day for about 20-odd days. You'd soon catch up. It, it, but um, it's a wonderful plan, 100 readings, which are really giving us selected passages so that you can discover who Jesus is and why he is so significant. It takes us through all the early promises. Who is Jesus? Tells about some of the prophecies. I'm just getting into the prophecies that are in the Old Testament that tell us about what Jesus would be like and who he is and why he's coming. And they're all there. And it's wonderful. And uh, I'm a couple of days ahead. I didn't start on the 1st of January. I, I started a few days earlier for various reasons. But th some of the reflections on the Old Testament prophecies I found so, so helpful. And if you're up to date with it, in a couple of days' time, you're going to come across a prophecy in Jeremiah. And in the um, reflections on this, the point is being made from that prophecy that God who had chosen Israel as his special people, and he had told them that they were his special people, and they knew it, you'd like to think that they lived happily ever after. But the Israelites, and this is the quote, the Israelites couldn't resist the temptation to do things their way instead of God's. That's a short definition of sin, which got them into all kinds of trouble. And, you know, the same goes for us. We can hear God. We can believe what we hear. But we still think we know best and we'll go our own way. Now, before you become a follower of Jesus, there's a specific take, uh, step to take. You have to repent, be sorry for all the things you've done wrong. And then the Bible goes on. I think in Acts it says when Peter stood up and gave that great sermon, he said, repent. 
and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. And Paul, in another chapter, when he's talking about what marks out someone as a Christian, says this, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And that is the start of what becomes a wonderful relationship that so many of us here have been involved in for many years, some for a bit less, some for a lot more. But we start at that point on this wonderful journey of a wonderful relationship with God. And the more we choose to obey God, the deeper our relationship will go with him. But we always have a choice. That's why Jesus died and rose again. So that when we go the wrong way, and when we sin and go the way that we shouldn't, there is always a way back to God. And the Bible is full of people who did great things for God by following his instructions. But it also has got lots and lots of examples of those who deliberately disobeyed and had the ongoing consequences. And probably the best known one of that is the story of Jonah and the disobedience. And God said, I want you to go that way to Nineveh. He went that way and ended up in the belly of a whale. Now, I've never really thought too long and hard about what it's like to be inside the belly of some other animal, but I don't think it's very pleasant. Yeah. And even the great men and the great patriarchs of the Old Testament, Abraham and Moses, at times did their own things, and went their own way, and went against God. And there were consequences for that. Because you see, we need to remember and we need to be aware that there is a tempter called Satan who wants to push us away from God. And let's not underestimate, he is very, very good at what he does. But we have a greater help if we choose to keep our eyes focused and fixed on Jesus, and that will help us. Levi, in this story, started on a journey of following Jesus because he listened. Jesus said, follow me. He believed Jesus was the one to follow, and he got up and followed him. There's no other mention of Levi in the Gospels anywhere apart from being listed as one of the disciples of Jesus. He had another name. It's Matthew. He wrote the first gospel, Matthew. But that's all we know about him. We don't know anything else. Um, I did try and find out what happened to him afterwards, but really there's all sorts of speculation. We just don't know. He had no idea when he started following Jesus where it would take him, but he followed. Maybe you have no idea where following Jesus is going to take you, but take those first steps and keep taking them and keep taking them. Because if you already are following him, there is more for you to do if you are going to continue to listen, believe, and obey. There are a few questions that are going to come up in a, uh, just now so that you can reflect on that. One on each of those things, listen, believe, and obey. Some questions. How often do you ask God to help you put aside your own preferences in a certain situation and ask his help 
so that you can hear him more clearly. When you know you have heard God speak to you, do you really believe it? Or do you wonder if it is just your mind playing tricks? Are you prepared to obey God or do you hang back and weigh up the good and the bad points of what might happen? So lots to lots to think about there. Um, I think sometimes the first challenge is to even listen in the first place. And then the belief bit, um, you know, and, and us, we were just talking in the room about the fact that Andy was talking about the Jonah story. And some people might even struggle to believe that even ever yeah. actually happened. And then the obey bit. And actually, what does that mean? Is there and, and uh, sometimes sacrifice can be part of that obeying bit. So I think there's, there's a lot to take away from, from Andy's talk this morning to, to give us food for thought. Um, he's also given us those questions. Um, we're going to pick up on question one today. Um, how often do you ask God to help you put aside your own preferences in a certain situation and ask his help so that you can hear him more clearly? Um, and I think for me, Sue, I was like, hmm, I think all of these questions are quite challenging. Yeah, really um, and I, I, but I think for this one, I think we're in a, particularly in the Western world, I would say, because um, I, I've experienced some, some two different cultures um, in my, you know, when I, I went abroad for a little while. And the, the point I'm getting to is in this culture, um, we have a, we can often come up with the solutions to problems. Yes. Either through ourselves or through resource that we have. So we don't often have to feel like we need to ask for God's opinion or help in a matter or his provision. And the reason I talk about a different culture I went to, I went to um, a country, uh, one of the suburbs of Africa, and they very much didn't have access to the resource that we had and all the stuff that we had. I mean, literally, they didn't know when the next meal was coming and who was going to provide it. And But they had such a, a faith that was much bigger than mine that God would provide and often did. And it often came through and, and they were and that very much that listening to what was needed to happen, believing that God would be there for them and, and that obedience. So I just uh, so so just thinking about that for myself is that I feel challenged by acts. I, I am a problem solver. So both Sue and I are in professions that are problem solvers. So we're nurses. So we see a problem and we want to be able to solve it as best we can. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't mean there's necessarily we have the actual solution, but we will help as much as we can <laughs> To, to help get to, to get to the a yeah. solution for a person yeah so we so i think in our nature and I, you can correct me if i'm wrong Sue, so i'm not speaking for you but for personally for me if i see a problem i will work yeah. out all the ways that i i can find a solution yeah. um or support that person to find a solution and if i'm honest unless it's completely beyond the my realms of being able to find a solution i probably haven't talked to god about that Exactly. If I'm no, honest. Exactly. No. And I, I think it's just a default exactly. position. And I, yeah. think, I think 
from a professional life that moves into private life as well. Actually, yeah, for personal sure. life actually yeah. sort, sorting of family's problems out. And, yeah, so you're like me then. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so just be interesting to have a little yeah. think about that because it actually it's really challenging, isn't it? Because then there's the other flip side of that that I've heard that people go to God about every single little thing that actually you think, well, he has given us intelligence exactly. <laughs> and stewardship <laughs> of the things. I've so, heard people praying, shall I have an orange or an apple? Yeah. So, uh, you know, and, and we know that God is interested in our little things. So don't get us wrong when we say that. We, we, we know that God is completely interested in the detail and the little things. He's not just a only come to me when you, you know, you're in crisis or have a big problem. He wants oh, yeah, to yeah. be involved in the fabric of our lives. But there are times when you think. Mm. Mm. Yes. Um, so I find it really it's because I think I am a natural problem solver. I feel like that's quite a challenge for me. To like, and, and then it for me, the second part of that question, the part B, which isn't there, but it's the question I would ask myself is, what are those circumstances? Yeah. When is it that I need to give over my preference or or thoughts or problem solving yeah. tactics <laughs> and go, this is actually a situation I should be bringing God in. And yeah. I think, you know, as I'm speaking, my own reflection of that is that, well, actually, if he's there all the time in my life, and he is my, if he's my, if I've got that sort of relationship, then it's like having a relationship with my husband. I would be saying, what do you think about this? Do you think I should do this? I mean, I'm not going to say, do you think I should wear this to God? Maybe I should. <laughs> but it's just that sort of, I don't know, that it would become part of the fabric of how you yes. live your life out. So yeah. I think me coming full circle now is saying that actually what you need to do is have God be very central yeah, to your true. life so that, that actually it's just naturally just yeah. naturally happens rather than actually having to have that thought process of like should i be inviting god into this bit mm. for for his preference and his yeah. decision yeah but challenging and um, we haven't we haven't gone over the other two questions because yeah. <laughs> we were like they're all really good questions but really challenging to so do ponder those more yourselves as um as the week goes on um if you have got questions so i think some of this sort of stuff particularly if you're not actually there yet and you're not sure if you believe in this god thing and and jesus that that this might have generated a lot of questions for you so what does this all mean for me who where i'm at in my journey then you can email us at got questions at dot oh i can't get my words out at hawleybaptist.org.uk thank you for catching me on that one or you can also if you want to know uh, how you can plug in so so we do have house groups, these are like community groups. So we have this obviously on a Sunday, but we have, and some do run on Zoom and you might be able to connect into those where um, it just helps to have a smaller group of people. You can all have those honest conversations and it's about that journeying together mm -hmm. again, isn't it? Um, and anything that we've mentioned today, you can email us on join.in at Holy Baptist. I can't say Holy Baptist today. I can't. Yeah. What is wrong with me? Sunnis to just do that though. Um, so, and if any of this has been resonating to you and you'd like to share it wider and further, please do subscribe to our YouTube channel, get other people to do so as well, and just share this um, talk and some of this information with some of your friends and family. That was today's episode of Holy Baptist Church Podcast. We hope it's prompted you to want to follow Jesus, hopefully a lot, but even just a little bit more closely. 
If you have any questions about what you've heard in today's episode or you want to know more about what it means to follow Jesus, you can email us gotquestions at hawleybaptist.org.uk. We'd love to hear from you. It would really make our day. If you want to hear more from us, just a reminder, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and you can download the Hawley Baptist Church app from the Apple App Store or Google Play to hear it as well. Simply search Hawley Baptist Church. Thank you again for listening to Hawley Baptist Church podcast. We pray God will bless you and we'll see you next time.